Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Outnumbered. Today's podcast is all about summertime, everyone's favorite time, except for maybe if you live in Phoenix like I do. It's kind of one of our less favorite times because it's so hot. But school's out. Kids are ready to have fun. Families are ready to bond and do fun things together. So today we're going to talk about how to make our summers a little bit more educational. So to bring in um, just some some good old-fashioned learning into our vacations or staycations or our just being bored at home time during the summer. All right. Sounds, we can't wait to share this one with you because this is really kind of um, what a lot of the philosophy behind homeschooling is thinking outside the box. So we're excited to share with you, even those of you who don't homeschool and you're looking for extra ways to get um, your kids caught up during the summer, this is a really cool opportunity. So first of all, I have something funny. It tickles me every time he does it, but my three-year-old is in the current stage where he when he gets mad, he had like, it's so healthy. I wish I was as healthy emotionally, but he'll have a little temper tantrum and he'll say, he'll scream something out like, fine. Okay. So for the other day, for example, the other day he was, um, he, he had his birthday and then he, the next day he woke up and he was like, I want to have my birthday again. I was like, well, honey, that's really awesome, but we can't have another birthday. So he says, fine, I'm never having a birthday ever again. <laughs> He says, if you give me birthday presents, I kick them. <laughs> so productive. <laughs> uh, it's cracking me up. So then the, the reason I say it's healthy is because he gets that anger out and then he cries and then he comes to me and says, mommy, I'm sad. I want to snuggle. And after he cries and has a snuggle, then he goes off and he's fine again. So right. like, like it- the whole two minute through all the gamut of emotions and he's good and he's on his way again. Yeah. Can you imagine if we would process that, you know, the, the initial anger, frustration, and then leaning into that sadness, there's a real lesson there for sure. <laughs> what a sweet yeah. thing. Let it all out and move on. Don't, yeah. don't retain and, any of it. Right. And then you slowly learn that, oh, kicking my birthday presents isn't probably going to bring me the, the outcome that I'm looking for, but <laughs> I won't even let you give me any. That's adorable. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so if you've listened to any of our other educational episodes, um, we have an entire series about education. Um, check them out if you're interested. But you know that we are big fans of making life educational, right? Education is not just like this one thing we do sometimes and then we come home and play, right? Education should be what our children's childhood is full of, right? So today we're going to talk about how to um, make the most of these summer months. Now, a quick side note, I recently read the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, fascinating book. And one of the things he talks about, so the concept of outliers means that some people in society are just way outside of the norm. Um, really, I mean, he specializes in talking about those who exceed the norm, like are especially brilliant or genius or talented or whatever. But it, the converse is also true. So um, he says that, you know, many of us realize that Asian cultures tend to be very um, brilliant, very smart, have a great work ethic when it comes to education. And he kind of dives into that. And one of the big reasons is that they don't have summer breaks. And so while our children are off 
playing at the local pool and dinking around all day long, these cultures are keeping their kids in school and educating all day long. So um, just a little side note that sometimes summer break that we just crave that release for so badly can do our kids a disservice if all we do is let them rot their brains. So there's the the premise of this episode. All right. So first of all, we're going to talk about making the most of a vacation away from home. Because when people plan summers, that's usually the first thing on their mind is how can we get out of here and go have some fun? Um, But we will also list later on in the episode ways for making a break at home just as beneficial. So kids uh, need new and different stimuli all the time. Like if you watch a toddler, if you go out to the store, they come back with new vocab and new experiences and their brain is constantly developing and new stimuli makes it happen quicker, right? So going on vacation is just naturally more educational than staying within the same walls of their home that they're used to. Yes, that is so true. They, it's almost like they are so excited about something new and different um, because they know how, like how healthy it's going to be for them to grow and change and expand. Um, But you guys, let's first of all, lower our expectations of what vacation means, right? It doesn't have to be an all-inclusive Hawaiian resort, um, can be something really cheap. Uh, as as big families here, we haven't done those, you know, all inclusive Hawaiian resorts. <laughs> someday, <laughs> maybe someday. Mm, yeah, when my kids all pay for themselves. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So we can have we can have something close. We can have something free. We can have a little road trip. Um, and when I, I find it interesting because when we moved back to the Midwest from living on the West Coast, we saw everything as an opportunity um, because it was new and different for our kids and they'd never been there before. And um, so, like, I guess the word is staycation, right? Um, you you look at your home place where you live as a tourist or the, those areas around you. So you consider what's close to you and what you could make happen on a day trip or a weekend trip. And so it doesn't have to be, oh, we have to go to, you know, Venice for them to learn something new. Now you just go, you know, 10 miles down the road and they're learning something new. True, true. And I think for us adults, that's what we all default to. We've probably mostly seen everything there is for our state to offer, but for our children, so much is new. And even if they've seen it a few years ago, they forget. We never did that thing. I'm like, yes, we did. (laughs) Oh, I forgot you were only four when we did that. So going on these, um, these outings or even just staying close to home can be very beneficial as well to learn new things. So a few ideas for um, things that are maybe a little bit more close to home, but might require a little bit of travel are zoos, aquariums, right? I just recently learned that there is an amazing zoo kind of wildlife experience about an hour away from our home that I didn't ever even know about. And it's way better than our local zoo that we're used to going to that kids are familiar with, right? Um, maybe historical sites or even areas of importance to your own family history. That's pretty exciting, right? You do some family history and you realize, oh my goodness, great grandma was born a couple hours away in this little town. Wouldn't that be fun to go do a day trip there and see how she might've lived, explore that a little bit. Um, You might even be able to explore some ruins or places that have ancient artifacts, like a museum that shows uh, maybe some pottery that was dug up in your area thousands of years ago. Um, National or state parks close to you are always really fun, especially if you want to do some nature study or areas that are known for specific plants or animals. Like on our way to California, we passed through the Joshua uh, tree forest, which is always really, really fun to look at because they look kind of like Dr. Seuss type trees. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are awesome. Great photo ops too. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, the, you know, that reminds me of saying, looking for something that your ancestors did. One really fun thing we did was the town where my 
mother-in-law was born and so like her ancestors was from they've now redone it and there's like a lake there so that was kind of fun to go like see that lake and be like oh where grandma you know and her grandma grew up was actually underneath this lake and you need to think about that kind of thing mm-hmm. um Okay, so yes, all those opportunities, those are great ways to just do something different, lend themselves to education. So ahead of your educational vacation, you of course want to take a couple minutes to orient yourself and with what's going to be there. You could drive right by something and not know it's there and miss it. You know, think about what you're going to be seeing there. Get a book or read them a book in the car about, you know, you're going to the Redwoods driving through them, study about it. Why why are the Redwoods amazing? Um, you know, you drive what about Mount Rushmore? So then you study the presidents and which ones are on the mountain and other ones and what their accomplishments were and what ones were before them and after them. And then, you know, what states you drove, drove through. That's all geography and give them maps. And we talked a lot about this in some of our other episodes. But, you know, so you can use um, a vacation to educate. But then I also wanted to talk just for a second about some people actually educate by traveling. So if you want to go down some really fun rabbit holes, look up car schooling, look up RV schooling, look up boat schooling. So some some people that I know will go and buy an RV and travel for a year around to all the different places that they want to educate their kids on location in and learn history that way. Um, boat schooling, that is sailing to Italy to learn about Italy. I mean, you know, that thing is, that is really kind of awesome. And so just, it's like a total different mind shift to think about using travel as your education. That's, I just want to throw that out there if you want to fall down that rabbit hole, because that one's really fun too. Oh my goodness. Go get on YouTube and start searching. Yeah. Alternative ways of homeschooling or travel the world homeschool. And there are so many amazing stories and yeah. On a side note, just yesterday, I stumbled across a listing for a multi-million dollar yacht on Facebook Marketplace. And I said, oh, look, honey, we could sell our house, buy a yacht. Not that our house is worth that, but buy a yacht and travel the world. Let's do it. I mean, this thing was massive. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. bigger than our house, but <laughs> there are lots of opportunities. But, you know, all joking aside, even if that's not your your idea of, you know, you don't have the freedom to give everything up for a year and go do that. You could totally do it for a week or even just a couple of days driving around to local states and learning as much as possible. Such a fun, fun idea. So in other words, what we're saying is that every trip can be educational with just a little bit of foresight. We love playing geography games in our car. Uh, This keeps kids uh, educated and also uh, less bored and they stop asking, when are we there? Yeah, right. So we've done geography bingo. So we'll print out like laminate cards where when they see road signs or a city or something, they can put a little sticker on it. Um, I've also done laminated maps for my kids and give them a dry erase marker and they can trace our path. When we drove through several states, had a two-day road trip a few years ago, we did this and the kids loved it. Oh, we're, go- we're going into Texas next. Oh, wait. And then and then Texas for the next two days. And then, just kidding, Texas is big, not very fun to drive through. Um, <laughs> and we can also, especially the lar- older kids, we can ask them for recommendations. Okay, where do you guys think our next stop should be? How long do you think it will take us to get there? How much gas are we going to use, you know, in the next few hours? When will we need to stop for for gas before it gets dangerous, right? Um, have them estimate those things, do some number crunching. Um, how long is it going to take us to get there based on our speed? If there's no traffic, what if we slow down? All kinds of fun things to get the brains moving on car, car trips. 
one thing that my kids really like to do is have a map and every time they see a license plate from that state, color that yeah. one in because you don't it's have more... to go very far. You don't have to travel worldwide to be able to, you know, yeah. co- or s- statewide. <laughs> you don't have to go very far and you can see lots of different license plates from different places. Totally. Yeah. This isn't a vacation episode. It's more, you know, about education, but there's a lot of affordable ways to get kids' minds open, um, giving them new experiences. So we have a whole episode about family-friendly activities. And in that, we, we um, our listeners, you guys ask us for what we do with a wide range of kids. And so we talked a lot about a lot of um, family-friendly activities that all the kids, no matter what their ages, can get involved in. So go check out that episode too. But we, here we're thinking about um, specifically travel things. So like camping, that's pretty pretty low budget. Um, you can include some nature journaling. You can do all sorts of things. You can do tree rubbings and a leaf collection and all sorts of things like that. Um, a, a day trip to a local river, lake, pond. It gives them an opportunity to study bugs and birds and fish. Um, you know, the, visiting a local museum, they can learn about what the earliest settlers to that city, like how that city was founded and what what life was like back then. There's so many ideas that can be pretty um, budget-friendly um, educational and add a lot of educational value to to your vacation. Yes, I love that episode. So that's episode 59 if you want to go listen to more about family-friendly activities. So moving on, what if leaving home is not an option? It's not in the budget or husband can't get off work, mom is stuck somewhere doing something. What then? How do we make summer break educational, especially if your kids are in school and that those couple of months they are stuck at home, right? So summertime is actually the perfect time to pursue all those educational opportunities that you don't have time for during the busy school year, right? Um, So in episodes 131 and also 73, we talk about other summer activities and schooling opportunities. So be sure to listen to those. There's a little bit of overlap here, Um, but we've got a lot more ideas for you too. Yes, those in those we talk about how you can use summer um, as an opportunity to like catch up or to take time off and why you might want to do each of those things. So those, yeah, those are really good episodes. Um, Okay, but some of this requires a little bit of forethought before you get to the activity. So like water, water sports, do your, do your kids know how to swim? (laughs) How about lifeguarding, CPR, you know, do do your kids know that? Do you know that? That's going to take a little bit of time ahead of time to prepare for and can even be like the early summer activity. You know, first we're going to start out summer with swim lessons so that later we can go to, you know, this lake that everybody wants to go to and everybody can learn. Yeah. You know, even just going to a local park, or a big open green space, running the bases, throwing basketball around the driveway. You know, this is all in schools. They call this physical education. <laughs> it's educational because when they're moving their bodies, um, we're huge proponents of spending time outside, moving your bodies, fresh air, and all that. And um, I know my kids get a lot more opportunity just you know because of the weather to spend more time outside in the summer, um, and and learning more about themselves and their bodies and nature around them during the summer. Right, right. For us, it's a little bit opposite because we spend a lot more time inside in the summer than we do um, fall, winter, spring. Um, But there are a lot of other alternative educational opportunities. So we still maintain our math and language arts through the summer. But if I don't call it school, then the kids don't think it's school, right? So other than that, we do all kinds of educational things that I don't tell them are educational, right? (laughs) Um, So we'll play games, play lots of games. Things like writing letters to cousins. My kids are obsessed with getting real mail. 
Well, guess what writing letters is? Language arts. If you want to call it something in your head, call it that and know your kids are getting language arts. They're getting spelling practice and handwriting practice and grammar practice and essay writing practice, all in a fun way of reaching out to cousins or grandparents or pen pals or whoever. Um, My kids also love to play store. So get fake money and a little pretend cash register and your kids will play store all day long and they're calculating money and they're doing things that are making their brains work and they're creating little credit card receipts for each other. And this imaginative play is so great for them and so educational and they just think it's fun summer playtime, right? Um, We also love board games and I try to get them to play something with some strategy or some that requires some brain power. Things like Monopoly, another math one, right? Settlers of Catan or Risk are fun ones, kind of higher level um, strategy games that my kids really enjoy. And then lots and lots of artwork in the summer. We, my kids would just do paint and Play-Doh and chalk pastel and drawing all day long if, if I let them, which we probably will have a few days like that. Sounds really great. Yeah, that's right. Um, my kids usually have an ongoing Monopoly marathon going on and they set it up in one of their attics. Why? I don't know, because it's got to be so hot in there. But anyway, they have like this, let's go play, let's go play some more on our Monopoly game, you know, where the little kids kick into it. Smart. Uh, and one of, one of my kids already mentioned to me, mom, this summer, I want to, I used to know my times tables really good and I don't feel like I know them really good this more, this, this anymore. Can we this summer get out those, those flashcards again and I can brush up on them. How, sure. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. Help yes. Yourself. My favorite child. We will do multiplication <laughs> facts in summer. <laughs> yeah. You will, not me. <laughs> I could brush up on mine too now that we uh, mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. It's a great time. Okay, you guys, the library is probably the best educational um, source. And oftentimes, li- libraries have. Um, interlibrary agreements that like in your own state. So my kids love to go to the local library, but if we're traveling through because of interlibrary loan, we can go to other libraries, which they love. They, it's a, you know, they think it's all new books because they've never been there before. (laughs) It's a different layout, you know, whatever. And they probably do have some new books. So they love that. And they, they get to go in and check out because of interlibrary loan, they can return them back at our local library. So that's, that's a pretty sweet thing too. Um, summer is a great time for, for the library. We use the library more probably in the summer than we do this during the school year. We always choose a library day. Uh, we, we do Friday because what we do is we go visit the library, then we go swim, and afterwards everybody's tired, and they've got new library books, and the afternoon is like my time because the they're best. so quiet, yes. and they're so worn out from swimming. <laughs> so something we do, and I'm pretty sure I have shared my... Um, library list that I give my kids in the summer going into the library with our Patreon fans. So you guys, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can have access to that too. But I have this sheet that I give my kids where I require them to, they can get as many books as they want. And they also have to get um, a poetry book, a book, a play, a book from a section that they've never been in in the library before and and this so this is kind of a cool list it gets them that's educational right because they have maybe never picked up a book of poetry before and read it or one by this author or something so it's my sneaky way of getting them to educate themselves <laughs> in the in the summer using the library yeah i love that because kids i mean Every time my kids go to the library after a, a long break, they're like, oh, we're so excited to be here. Give me all the books. And then we'll go regularly for a while. And they're like, I've read everything and there's nothing new. Yeah, clearly you've read everything in this library full of 50,000 books. Um, but yeah, a challenge, right? It could almost be kind of like a um, 
almost like a scavenger hunt kind of a thing, mm-hmm. right? You go check this off. Did you get this kind of book? Did you get this kind of book? And however many you can read, um, I don't know, we'll do a sticker chart or something. We can make it fun, but um, especially for the younger ones. But the library, man, getting raising a child who has a deep love for the library, I think there's nothing more powerful than that. That will be a child who will be a lifelong reader and anyone who loves to read can learn anything they want. I think about how many business books I've read as I try to develop my business. And I'm thinking, what if I was a poor reader or if I, what if I didn't enjoy it? Right. Think life in general would just be so much harder. Yeah. And libraries usually have one last thought about libraries is they usually have summer programs going on. Yeah. So they have like summer reading programs where they award, um, prizes for number of books read or different categories read, or they have summer activities. And so the library has already done a lot of your, um, your work for you, your planning and just tap into what they've got going on. Yeah. Very often you can just go and get a little sticker chart that they have for your kids and they can check it off and there's a prize at the end, or you can come up with something. Um, if you're a child of the eighties or nineties, you probably remember the old pizza hut pan pizza Mm-hmm. read along. I feel like we should still get something like that. Maybe I'll buy myself a pizza every time I read 30 books or something. <laughs> just kind of ingrained in me from childhood. <laughs> we should totally start a book club where we're like, we have a pizza party to discuss our book totally. or something. Absolutely. Everybody of our generation would totally get it. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Sounds great. Only now that we're bigger, uh, our personal pizza will be like an actual pizza. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> That's <fine>. good. <laughs> Okay, so a final thought for me is service projects. Summertime, because we have more downtime, is a great time to get your kids involved in the community. I know, we both know just how hard it is to get little kids involved in doing something good. But there are teenagers home in the in the summer as well. So maybe you can take your 10-year-old down to the soup kitchen to help pack lunches for the homeless while a teenager watches your little ones. Or maybe there's something you can bring home. I remember working with a shelter a few years ago that um, had lots of single moms and moms with... Um, uh, babies coming to them, you know, so expectant moms. And so they were always throwing baby showers for these mo- these homeless moms that they were trying to get back on their feet. So that was a fun activity we got to do. We got to kind of prepare a little baby shower in a box and get all the decorations and fun things. So there are so many resources out there. Um, a great uh, website we've shared before is justserve.org. We'll link that. Um, but just asking around, <laughs> is there a project we can bring home or that allows for younger kids to come um, and help out so that they can get that that reward of helping someone that's less fortunate than them? Yes. Another thing that I wanted to mention um, for summer is it's a great time to do a deep dive on one topic um, because you have time and you don't have to, you don't feel like you have to be fitting everything in. So one, one unit study, this is usually called unit studies that we do is like gardening in the summer. And so my kids always beg for their own little plot. And then we, um, in fact, I'll probably share with our Patreon supporters either this month or next month are the garden unit study that I made up. And it's like, you can dive so deep into the world of plants and gardening and all that. Um, you know, the simplest level of coloring things from kids and they, you know, they plant a bean in a clear plastic cup and they can see the roots and the stem and all, all of that grow. And then, you know, the older ages, they can go so deep into, you know, botany and, and learning about gardening that way. And, and all that. So it's a summer is another great opportunity if you want to take a deep dive in one subject. That's that's pretty fun too. So yeah, you guys, we just want to encourage you to not take summer too seriously. Like like either way. <laughs> Don't be like, um, yeah, no learning this summer ever at all. We're done. <laughs> but um, also not make everything, see everything that like we okay, we're going to be educational this summer and like ruin the fun vacation because it has to be educational. (laughs) 
Absolutely. <laughs> so just don't, you know, don't err on either side. Make it, make it educational, but fun. Yeah. I think one of the biggest disservices we do to our children is by even calling things educational because then it separates that thing from the rest of life. And education is not something separate. It's how we learn and how we grow, right? And wouldn't it be boring if we never learned anything new and if we never grew? Um, and so by just calling it life, right? We go to the library because that's what we do. And we learn how to swim and we learn about dinosaurs and we, you know, play store and do math games and all these things. If that's just the life and the, the household that your kids grow up in, then they will naturally be curious about life. I think when we pull them out of school at the end of summer and say, all right, free for all, we're never doing anything hard at all, then that gets old real quick too, right? Have you guys ever just sat on a couch for like two days straight, let alone a week or two weeks? It gets yeah. old really fast and your brain craves some sort of development, some sort of growth. Um, so yeah, that, that good middle ground. I love that. Um, yeah, every- my kids are always, my kids at the end of the school year, they're always like counting down the days to the vacation. And then at the end of summer, they're always counting down the days until they get to start school again. Yes. They're just tired of the lack of structure. <laughs> I think that's totally normal. I'm definitely counting down at the end of summer and my kids are home with me all the time, but I just need, <laughs> I need more structure. And we, we do loosen things during the summertime. Uh, but finally, I think that getting in this habit of everyday learning helps kids' brains become more finely tuned to the world around them, right? Instead of ignoring things, they pay better attention, right? Because you went on that camping vacation and gave them nature journals and they walked around looking at all the bugs. And now they're more curious about the bugs in your own yard or, oh, these are like the birds we saw on our road trip or, oh my goodness, did you see that Florida license plate? We saw a ton of those when we were driving towards Florida just to pay better attention to what's around them, right? And and wake up a little bit. Uh, that's how brains grow and learn. And it's just such a fascinating process to watch it happen. It happens so naturally in those early years. The trick is to keep it going, right? When our kids get to be eight, nine, 10, and then into their teens. Okay, everybody. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. 